and welcome to Homespun Wisdom Talks with My Neighbour. Another episode with myself, Sarah Sharman, and the lovely Daniel Confino. Yes, you haven't got rid of me then. No, and I don't think I want to, Daniel. I was worried that last time. I was sure you were getting propositioned in the park. I probably was, but do you know what? When we started this, you kind of said, I do. I do. The longest sentence in humankind. In, in the English language. In the English language. Yeah, be careful when you say I do. <laughs> Would you want to do a podcast with me? I do. I do want to do a podcast. I didn't marry you. We're married through work. Well, we're, we're forever, you know, hitched together. That's it. For all time on our podcast, which will, as far as I know, never be deleted from the... Unless you press the wrong button. <laughs> well, you know, I mean... My great-grandchildren could be listening to this in 50 years' time. Indeed. What would they make of me if that's all they knew about me? Wow. What would they make of you? Or you and your descendants. But anyway, first of all, you have to um, go through a few little you know, awkward procedural matters before you get to the point where you're going to have descendants, don't you, Sarah? That sets. That is You know, it. like find somebody to recreate um, or procreate or reproduce I think the the thing is I need to find someone who can put up with my nonsense yes yes. I mean you've done very well Well, you did find someone to put up with your nonsense are you sure I found somebody or or just she got trained or gave up the the unequal struggle against that you'll never know you didn't know us all those years ago I didn't getting on for 40 years Jane suffered me wow now, Sarah, you were going to provoke me this morning. Well, first of all, I just wanted to compliment your lovely blush pink shirt. Yes. Do you know why I'm wearing a proper shirt? You got the memo that I'll be in something peachy and you <laughs> thought you'd compliment me? There's something about you that's peachy, but it's not your attire. <laughs> that's going to be a certain slap around the face oh, no. later. Um, actually, I had some uh, important uh, teams video calls this morning okay i've noticed there's some people who do teams and they never turn the video on ah you know and i often wonder why that is did they not shave did they not iron their shirt are they uglier than you imagine you know they just well i can look them up in other ways of course yes. but, um, that's naughty not looking their best not been to the hairdresser are they actually there listening because... <laughs> they're there yes i mean you know well yes i think they are but in a way that plays to this whole question of working from home and for those people that are preparing to go back to the office, mm. you know, what to remember about the office, office politics and dress codes, behaviour, and all the perils of working from home, which, um, you know, isn't, you know, has some benefits, but also has some dangers. It does. Principal one being called that big white object called a fridge. Uh-oh. <laughs> what do you mean? Well, I mean... They won't have easy access to it. <laughs> I suppose I'm, I've got the benefit here of having worked from home since 2003. Okay. And so you have to develop strategies for being sane mm. and keeping your sort of society going, even yeah. when you don't see people every day. But of course, uh, I think that's an interesting subject because a lot of people have been forced to be at home. Whatever home means for them, might be family life, might be on their own, mm. um, and keeping sane throughout all of that doing these sorts of calls yes. and then now we're maybe preparing to go back to the office yes I think so but you know what there's also 
You say keep insane. I was almost driven insane this morning because I've returned to work. I mean, I'm a freelancer anyhow, so my work's quite intermittent. But this morning I was leaving to go to North London and I prepared my morning. I know one of my housemates was out last night, so she went straight to work from elsewhere. My other housemate has a regular job. When I say regular, he works out five days a week. He's got a set time. So I know his routine, but then my third housemate currently isn't working. So he doesn't really need to be up when everyone else is up getting ready for work. So I mentioned to him later after the, what would you call it? Grand Central Station in the kitchen. Our kitchen's not very big, mm. but I'd got up. I knew what time the boys were getting up. So I needed to get in the bathroom before them because one of them likes to get in there at the same time as the other and is banging on the door saying, how long are you going to be? You've lived here a while now. You do know how long he's going to be. So I was like, I don't want to get involved because boys are a bit precious in the bathroom. They actually take longer than women sometimes. So I dived into the bathroom before them. I got into the kitchen, popped the kettle on, went to my room, got changed, back to the kitchen to do my breakfast. At this point, the five day a week housemate came in to get his breakfast. It's fine, we've got space, we're preparing. I'm watching the clock very tentatively because I've got a train to catch. But then down comes my stay at home housemate, gets out the eggs, the salmon, the avocado, and I'm like, what are you doing? What are you doing today? It's like, oh, I'm just going to go to the gym and like reels off nice leisurely activities. And I'm thinking, I grabbed his breakfast stuff and moved them to the other side of the kitchen. I was like, oh, sorry, I'm gonna have to move that to the side because I've got, I'm on a time scale here and I just need to get my breakfast and then get out of the house. He did not feel my sense of urgency. He just thought, I don't know what he thought. But when I came home, I was like, oh, you can't be in the kitchen when people are rushing to get ready for work because it's just another thing to dodge around when you don't have to be so there. Are you saying that the, the people who have a real working life mm. take precedence and those that are just dossing around 100%. and wanting to make themselves a you know really elaborate breakfast, they can just wait till the coast is clear. Exactly. That's he was trying that. to twerk you, wasn't he? Oh my goodness, twerking and jerking. It's <laughs> <laughs> even worse. But... Uh, so I did say to him, because when my other housemate here, Pippa, who she's always in a rush, and I can hear her come down, rush into the bathroom, run to this, huffing and puffing, oh no, I'm going to be like, da, da, da. So, I avoid being in that space because I don't want to get under her feet. Yeah. So you make way, but is this story over? That is the story. But I guess some people, families, will be doing all of that whilst getting kids ready for school. Yeah, yeah it puts pressure. But just, can I just comment on your story for a minute? Go for it, Daniel. I think it's the longest uninterrupted you know, monologue I've allowed you in, in, in what is now 48 episodes. It is, isn't it? It is. I'm, either that's a sign of maturity on my part oh. or indulgence that, you know, or, or maybe guilt that I've not given you enough airtime. But did you notice I was saying it a lot quicker than normal? Mm. I didn't I, drag it out too long, hopefully. Yeah, I mean, I, the image I had in my head was shaggy dogs, you know. Shaggy dogs, and then there wasn't a joke at the end. So. No, because our little shaggy dog, or fluffy dog, doesn't get under my feet. I mean, a shaggy dog story. Oh, Sorry. I don't know that story. A shaggy but, dog story is one that goes on forever. 
Mm. And then actually at the end of it isn't even that funny. It's called a shaggy dog story. Oh, Have you not heard that expression? No. Oh, well, there you go. A bit of homespun wisdom to get us off the starting block. Thank you for joining us today. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I hope I've, you know, the three of you that are left after that monologue, thank you so much for your perseverance. Thank you. Maybe we're just doing something else in a distracted moment while Sarah finished. But look, um, working from home. Yes. Let's start with that, because there still are a lot of people that have to do it. Yes. I remember when I started working from home all those years ago in 2003. That's 18 years ago. My goodness. Um, I started working from the kitchen table. Ah. And I realised after a while that this was causing major problems with Jane. Right. Because I would be turning down Radio 2 when I had to do a call. She likes listening to Radio 2. She was used to having the kitchen to herself, used to having the house to herself. Yeah. I did that polite thing, which I think is picking up on what you were saying, which is I would get up, maybe have breakfast, or maybe have breakfast on the way to work, but I, I, I was out of there, you know, yeah. pretty reliably. In fact, there was even a train that I used to get from St. John's. I think it was the 737, because some guys that I knew well would be coming down from Blackheath, mm. you know, which is before St. John's on the way to London. So it would stop at St. John's. I knew roughly where they would, would be located, got on. Yes. And then between St. John's and um, and London Bridge or Cannon Street, we'd have a riot, you know. I was, in, <laughs> I was in top form entertaining not just them, but the whole carriage, wow. really, with my stories. I could imagine. In fact, one day the BBC regional news followed me on the train. Because I'd, yeah, because I'd written a, an article about how I really wanted a seat you know, on that bit of the journey, oh. so I could read my Financial Times. And of course, by the time it gets to St. John's, which is two stops from London... There's all... no chance of a seat. No. But I thought, well, you know, how much would it cost to get someone to give me their seat? You know, if I was waving money, you know, I'd like a seat. You've been sitting there with your ass on the seat since Dartford. Yeah. You know. Get up, stretch your legs. Get up, let somebody else have a go. Mm. And I wrote this thing to the undercover economist on the FT saying, you know, how could I come to an arrangement with somebody, maybe even like a season ticket arrangement where I paid them, you know, an amount per year to offset yeah. their expensive ticket right. from Dartford. And then, I, you know, at St. John's, they would be sitting there keeping my seat warm, preferably on the on the corridor, not the window side. Okay. So I didn't have to disturb anybody. And then I, we would just swap, you know, we wouldn't even have to talk. I would sit down and read my... <laughs> FT, which You'd is come a in wearing big, your hat, give them the nod. Big paper, you know. You need a. It's hard to do it when you're in a crowded open space. Oh yeah. And in fact, the the regional news was so interested in my idea that they they wanted me to go and do it. So I got on at St John's and started offering people money. I started with fifty pence, you know, to to go. Okay. And a lot of people <laughs> produced quite an interesting reaction. You know, a lot of people just weren't on principle going to do it. Yeah. But somebody cracked. Did they? Yeah. I mean, you don't want everyone to give up their seat. Just, you know, the, the, the one, the cheap one that's going to go for 50p. Yeah, that's know. a chocolate bar. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's meaningful. Mm. I mean, that, that's, if it's 10 minutes to London Bridge, that's um, five pence a minute for doing nothing, you know, for standing up. There we go. I mean, five pence a minute is, um, is quite a lot of money, actually. You know, you could make decent money that way. Um, and this got onto the news. And it had the unintended consequence that everyone saw it. And my kids at school, right. our kids at school, started being, they got the nickname 50 pence. Oh no. As opposed to 50 cents. Oh. The rapper. Yeah. So suddenly they were 50 pence, you know. So you just curse your kids in this totally unplanned way. I mean, I, 
I do put myself in the media spotlight more than most people. Right. I'm not, I'm not particularly afraid of the media, okay. as anyone looking me up might be aware. Um, but, you know, I just found it entertaining to put this experiment into practice. Um, it never came to more than that. And then this was a long ramble because effectively, and I'm there accusing you of rambling. You, you know, say shaggy dog you, story. You, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, how shaggy is my dog? But I mean, <laughs> describe my dog. Is, is it like an English sheepdog with a hair trailing on the ground, you know, already? Oh. So, yes, the 737 with the, the upmarket people coming down from Blackheath, don't yeah. you know? Yeah. Stopping to let the plebeians on at um, St. John's, you know, turning away. Raising their noses slightly, you know, for the slight whiff of the great unwashed yeah. as the doors open and we get on, you know, trying to pretend that they're in some sort of protected little bubble on their way from Blackheath <laughs> to Cannon Street. <laughs> Unfortunately, having to go through places like St. John's and, oh dear, New Cross. <laughs> <laughs> Just imagine if everyone was detrained at New Cross and they had to walk around in the streets. Of New oh, Cross, dear. you know, past kebab shops and um, <laughs> places, you know, they just wouldn't know, it'd be like landing in Mumbai or something for oh, them, wouldn't God. it? Yeah, culture shop, culture shop. Absolutely. Um, we are so off the subject, you know. We, it's okay, this is how conversations with your neighbours go. Yeah, but where's the wisdom? It comes at the end, and we had a brief bit of wisdom at the start with Did the we? shaggy dog. So, anyway, so I would entertain um, people for quite a way around and upset them, by the way, as well. I oh. can see. I mean, of course, Daniel. Because I felt in, you know, with, with a bunch of mates, you know, mm -hmm. I could do that kind of locker room chat, you know, that got Donald Trump into all that trouble. Yes. You know, when you start talking about things, you think, well, I'm all right, you know, no one's going to tackle me when I'm with three other fit guys all looking like they play rugby. Mm. Um, so, yeah, I think probably we were known as the terrors of the 737. And then you started to work from home. I did. Yeah, that So what brought that about? Well, I... Um, I was working for a, what's, what's called a merchant bank, although the term merchant banker mm. has often been turned into something else. Mm. The B, can you think of a letter mm. towards the end of the alphabet? Double V. <laughs> Double V. <laughs> um, yes. So anyway, they, they changed their name to investment bankers just to avoid the merchant banker. Okay. Um, that doesn't work. They just became an investment wanker instead. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I... Um, I Stopped working for other people and decided to work for myself. Okay. And I took all the kids out of expensive private schools and put them in the local comprehensive. How did they feel about that? They loved it. They actually got to experience real life. So you could have saved yourself so much money earlier if you just thought... Well, I, th I think giving them a bit of a help early in life was good because it, it instilled the yes. the right disciplines. And yeah. after, you know, if you're if at the age of 11 you're not interested in learning... You, Throwing money at it's not going to sort the problem out, is it? No. So um, anyway, I wasn't going to risk that. So I, I didn't know how things would work out when I gave up my job. I had, you know, I Just hoped for the best. Um, I ended up doing okay actually, but um, I didn't know that would be the case. So I I scaled back our life and started working from the kitchen table. But as I said, it had these rather awkward consequences for my wife, who was used to you know swanning around doing her own thing, mm. you know having the space to herself and obviously I had enjoyed it yeah and then suddenly there was this great lump sitting in his you know bedraggled uh, bathrobe often because I shambled down didn't even bother to get properly dressed because you, you don't if you don't go to work do you no I mean going no. to work means you have to make yourself look decent have to shave 
do something about your hair. Which and um, it's what good was discipline. Lockdown, people started to miss that ritual of getting ready and yeah. making yourself look presentable. But Daniel, my dad used to work from the kitchen. No, not the kitchen table. It was in the dining room. He worked at the dining table. So oh. the kitchen was. Oh, separate. you're getting one up on me. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> You're the kitchen. My dad, let me tell you, <laughs> he would never be seen. No, no, he would never be seen at the kitchen table. No, never. What are you even thinking? No, my dad. Huh, In the just, dining. Are you getting this? <laughs> dining table. And what's what's the real subtext here? Oh, we had a dining room. Don't you know? So he wouldn't be under my mum's feet, but he was there pretty much all day. Papers spread everywhere. And it was fine until dinner time, and then we'd have the kids would have to set the table. Oh, so you did eat in the dining room? Oh yes, every Always. meal. Like, yes. Was there actually even a kitchen table you could get round, or you had to eat in the dining room? You had to eat in the dining oh, you room. You had to, right? Yeah. What sort of table was it? Polished wood. Uh, mahogany. Maybe. Oh, right. So, yeah. Okay. No expense spared. My mum likes buying furniture of good quality. But then you get nervous about it. Have to put coasters everywhere don't you uh we'd have a, a rubber cloth underneath oh, yeah. the tablecloth okay. and then the placemats yeah yeah but uh no it was fine dad working at the dining table until we had to set the table right and move his papers oh no did you move them or did he move them we've all moved them i'll try and move them in some kind of order so then i can so then he can put them back so you know where you alternate which way they go yeah, yeah different piles yeah, yeah mother though would just gather them all oh, together oh i know how disastrous that can be and then you just hear dad saying who's moved my papers i can't find what i've left here like it would not be a good situation sounds like a goldilocks story <laughs> <laughs> yeah you know, who's eaten my porridge yeah so that's risky and People yep. have been moving, trying to move during, like, having this experience of lockdown to find more space in the home yep. to have somewhere to work. Yeah. Well, I, I, I sympathise with your dad. Um, I mean, funny enough, I, this is, brings us onto a slightly different subject called the messy desk syndrome. Right. And the, the advantage of the messy desk, and I'm a messy desk person, let's be honest here, is that when you need to find something, mm. you have to rifle through all sorts of other stuff to find it. Yeah. And sometimes, you, in the process of looking for the thing you had in mind, you find something that you'd forgotten about that turns out to be incredibly useful. Maybe now incredibly useful, but at the time you got it, not very useful. It only yeah. became useful. If you're that ordered, and I think we touched on order and chaos before, this is a slightly different point. If you're that ordered person that puts it neatly in a filing cabinet and then never looks at it again, mm. of course it would lay there undisturbed and you would never make that connection. Yeah. It's only this kind of rambling thing where you have to revisit all your chaos mm. that reminds you. And I, I've actually done M&A, you know, mergers and acquisition deals, because I've seen something that I thought, oh my God, that's the answer. Uh. I, mean, I was responsible for bringing driving simulators into the UK. Were you? So my client BSM, was looking for a way to get a bit of an advantage on the rest of the market, you know, because basically it's a car with a driver, they said to me, Daniel, and other people charge less. And I said, you need to use technology. You know, market leaders always need to use technology. They said, technology, Daniel, it's a car with a driver, you know, with a big thing on the side saying sixteen ninety nine an hour mm. or whatever. I couldn't really argue with them, but I just left it at that. But then 
I went to the, I had this messy desk moment. Right. That was rattling around in the back of my head. And then I went through some papers and I read, a, a, uh, I looked at a document that I'd received a long time ago, mm. which was about a French company that made uh, simulators for Airbus, you know, like navigation simulators of train pilots. Right. I thought, well, this is interesting. And I, but I read to the back and they had a driving simulator. And what I didn't realize is that in France, you can do driving 10 hours on a simulator before you get onto the road. Okay. And of course, it's a lot safer that way. Yeah. Because you're not going to crash into a little old lady. Um, and so, to cut a long story short, I proposed to BSM they they convert that to our side of the road. And instead of saying, c'est de le passage, it says give way. And, you know, made it English, basically. Wow. Stop is stop, actually, everywhere. Like taxis, one word that's the same everywhere, stop. Wow. Do you know that? I did not know that stop was also like taxi. Yes. Stop taxi. <laughs> or taxi stop. <laughs> you can actually put these words together. It means the same in Russia and as Barijong. What do I mean? As a by Oh, okay. As a by Le point. Yeah. So, um, where was I? The, the uh, driving. Oh, yes, the simulator. So they, they, they converted them to the UK and became like a. It became a bit like an arcade game, but a serious one, you know. Mm. Um, and uh, that that changed the world. I, I, I'm sure I saved lives because oh, they put them everywhere. And I'm sure that some idiot, incompetent new driver learnt their mistakes in the quiet and safe environment of an office somewhere rather than, you know, dangerously on the road. That's amazing. And you that's found this on your messy desk. On my messy desk. And if I hadn't had a messy desk, the world would never have known this incredible mm. idea. Yes. Um, now, back to the, the, the homework home. environment. Dad would also put a lot of his papers, he'd have his armchair in the lounge and on the coffee table, there'll be several books in various letters and typewriter like things that he'd done there as well. Mm. So placing down a cup of tea for him was also very risky. Oh yeah. I think I've had such a, my life has been quite on edge. Yeah. I mean, when you say that, it reminds me that my relationship with Jane changed quite dramatically as a result of working from home. Mm. I mean, if if I'd come home from work and said, any chance of a cup of tea, she'd have made me a cup of tea. Right. But if I was sitting at the desk or some people called it the kitchen table. <laughs> <laughs> and I say, any chance of a cup of tea? She would say, what do you think? Make it yourself. Or, I'm not your secretary, oh! she would say. Not that I had a secretary for ages, you know, because they, they kind of disappeared a long time ago, didn't they? Uh. I mean, today I have an executive assistant, don't you know, mm. who looks after me by the hour. Right. And I haven't actually even met her. Well, I feel I have because we spend so long talking and stuff, but yeah. I don't actually have that pleasure. Um, and um, I mean, fair yeah, so enough. she would say, I'm not your secretary, you know. So, well, you could have paid Jane to be your, <laughs> your tea maker during working hours. Yeah, but you know, you don't think about how these things affect. pay her one pound fifty for each tea. I think she if made I you. paid her, it would have made things worse. Oh, okay, because now. What would she be saying? I'm not your underpaid secretary. Oh, yeah. I'm not your hard done by. I'm not your put upon. I'm not your skivvy secretary. But I was just saying £1.50 because if you, think you money, buy tea for, from a tea shop. You, you know Jane. Do you think money would solve the problem? Be honest. Uh, 
No, but... No, no, you're right. There's no but. It's just, <laughs> no, it wouldn't, Daniel. Sorry. Okay. I just thought it might be interesting to see how you reacted to that sort of particularly ridiculous suggestion. Oh, am I being nasty today? No, it's fine, Daniel. Sure. No, you're being very pleasant today. I am think I? I've been through the worst of uh, you. Yeah. And now we're on the other side, um, so... I got a, I got a, my EA, my executive assistant, sent me a, a little poem, a haiku poem. Oh, everyone loves a haiku. A, a haiku is a Japanese construction. You know, we have limericks. Very short, aren't they? Yeah, they're three, three lines, usually mm. five, seven, five. Yes. Can't remember exact wording, but it was basically saying it's springtime. Let the let the jaguar in you surprise your victim. Your victim is. Is this a published haiku, or is this something that they wrote? No, I think she found one because I'd used the word jaguar. Right. With her, and she found this haiku poem which talked about the jaguar springing, and the prey being spellbound. You see. And I, I realised that this was how I should be behaving in, mm. in life. You know, if I, if I have enough force, enough energy, enough surprise that my prey, which is in my mergers and acquisitions world, is the person I'm talking to, trying to persuade them to do something, right. they will be spellbound by me and do what I say. Ah, uh, shoot. Is that... That's happened to me. That's why I'm here, aren't I? Yeah. <gasps> I've fallen under your spell. I have sprung. The jaguar in me has sprung. And so I, I came up with this idea that there's this jaguar in me. You know, mm-hmm. that, uh, I used to think that was just a chimp. You know, the chimp in me, that sort oh, of yes. bouncing around. The playful. Madly energetic, mm. but you know, slightly useless energy of the chimp. Right. Just burning off it. But then I've turned that into the useful sort of pre- pre- preparatory energy of the jaguar who stalks and waits for the moment to unleash. So how did this come about? Because there's no Jaguar shower gel. <laughs> there should be. There should be. Are you listening? Maybe. Are you Aesop, Imperial Leather? Are you listening? Because the, release the Jaguar in you. And then Maybe they can, that's the wild thing one. They could have a jungle scene, couldn't they? Yeah. Do Jaguars live in the jungle? Or are they in the, in the, in the tall grass? I never know. <clears throat> Anyway, back to working from home. Back to working from home. Um, yes, so the, all these people sort of stuck at home. Mm. In in you know they might be doing unexpected childcare, of course, because yeah. you know that um, at the same time schools have been shut. And um, depending on your stage in life and 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 what children you may or may not have, you you probably been forced to do to juggle that work life balance thing. Yeah, which you know we hear so much about, don't we? So much. So much. There was that famous interview on BBC News where uh, the guy was speaking to the news reporter and in comes his daughter bashing through the door, elbows out, parading through, looking so chuffed with herself. And her dad's trying to ignore her and then the mum comes sliding in trying to grab her. Yeah, I think embarrassing moments on on Zoom calls is probably a whole separate subject yeah um but i mean you know i have to admit that the early days of working from home the, the, you know we were talking about the discipline of getting dressed properly shining yes. your shoes mm. putting on a tie making sure you look presentable and you know maybe even being checked out a bit by your adoring wife i've always fancied that idea of putting on my coat and my wife giving me a little brush down with a nice stiff brush Oh, yeah. You know, just to make me look ready for the world. I know. think I've brushed down a, a housemate before. I've got some yeah, nice just, clothes brush. So just an act of loving kindness as you head out to... And then you can just smack them on the... Yeah, <laughs> as, as you head out the door to face the vagaries of life. You know, you know, 
you can't be sure of anyone being nice to you. Just that parting moment, you know, where they obviously a kiss is, is should be part of this. Would it be before or after the brush down? I think after. Yeah, so the, the, the preparing you for the world, quick brush, dum dum dum, kiss, maybe putting in a little rose into your lapel would be a lovely extra detail, mm. or a flower, you know, of some sort to, you know, making sure that you haven't forgotten your keys or, or, or you know, just that you're fully prepared for the for the day, and then you're off. Yeah, and um, that would be wonderful before you know it all gets messy out there. Yes, um, but I'm, one thing I have to say is that. If you don't do up your top button to put on a tie, there can be consequences. Can you imagine what they would be? No, I can't. That you don't notice that you can't do up your top button. In other words, you're putting on weight. Oh, no. Yeah, I mean, getting your top button done up is, is, is the first early warning uh -oh. for those of you that don't put yourself on the scales regularly to check your weight. Right. I mean, you can sort of see maybe a bit of bloating, but, you know, not being able to do up your top button, in other words, your collar size mm. no longer fitting you, that should be alarm bells going off. It should be like that emergency shutdown noise, you know, you get on Well, it's not alien. a shutdown noise because actually, if you put weight on, it affects your throat. Yeah. So. Snoring. Snoring. And then just general breathing. I, I like general breathing, you know. Yes, but I, is it efficient breathing? Uh, well, you know, me and breathing, that's another problem. I mean, I think we spoke about this in a previous episode, but no, you have to, yeah. I think... But, if, but this is my point, that the, the, the lack of discipline, the mm. routine, means that sort of gradually you can put on weight and not yeah, notice it. Getting not the top, notice. you know, because if you're putting doing up the top button every day, it starts becoming a bit more difficult. Then yes. it becomes really stiff, and then it becomes impossible. Right. And that's the point at which you should have noticed something. If you okay. don't have that, in fact, a, a friend of mine says he's put on three stone. Three stone during lockdown. That's a lot. Working from home, he's a city type. Well, for women, uh, right? I don't think women put weight on in the neck. Maybe no. they do. I, I'm I'm not sure about I think that. You're about the hips and the ass. But. That's what's happened and to thighs. me. I am usually a very active person. I trained as a dancer. I teach Pilates. All you wake me up when this is over. I noticed when I went to put on a very tight dress for an audition Ooh. that my, my eyes are watering already. That I was bulging in places that I did not bulge in before. Usefully, I mean, I sent the picture on the family chat. My brothers. They're so lovely. They're like Sarah. Oh, they're called you love look, handles. They love handles. Pushing for back cushion wings. for pushing. Back wings. What are the <laughs> But my brothers were like, Sarah, you look beautiful. And the other one was like, Oh, you could do with an extra stone. I was like, No. But I hadn't realised because I'd got so comfortable in this yeah. new way of life. Yeah. And what do you attribute that to? Going to the fridge, eating biscuits. You know what? what which which is the? Um, I think the, I just. The, became very sedate actually i would go for very, so you think it was a lack of exercise right uh, it may be very indulgent living which i would i don't mind at all because i was having lovely meals See? and drinks <clears throat> with good friends and yeah. just I, i've got a, life. a slightly different take on this whole thing like right when you're in the office and you're, mm. you're a sociable person there's lots of interaction you go to the water cooler you know, that's the famous place where you you bump into people and have a chat and discover things that are useful yeah it's part of the interaction at work you you know and you go out for lunch and you you know just bump into people and they come and stand over your desk yeah and you have a chat and then 
that's all gone. You see, you're at home with whatever that means. Mm. It might mean on your own. Yes. And then where do you go? You go to the fridge for solace. You think, I'll go and have another look at that fridge, see if anything's changed since the last time I was there. And what's changed is that the three yogurts that were there have gone. Yeah. That lump of cheese has gone. The cake, you know. The Kit Kat. The chocolate eclair has gone. You know, they have, yeah, it is different because you ate all of those things. Yes. Whereas in the office, someone's got their name on that item. <laughs> well, so you can look at it and be like, oh, if, also, if, if you, only that was mine. If you if you went to an office fridge and you had all those things with your name on it, you, people would start talking. Mm. Fat pig, Confino. Uh-oh. You know, what do you think you're doing? Confino. Um, <laughs> think about Sharon, Confino. <laughs> so I think there are, there are dangers at home. And so you need somebody to keep an eye on you yeah. or do up your top button mm-hmm. um, or some other check or fit an elasticated waistband in your skirts yeah I mean because people like routine and, and suddenly when their whole routine is rudely interrupted by this wretched Covid business yeah, they, they find it hard just to kind of rework it you know as a, mm. another routine that, that gives them that work life balance and a bit of exercise thrown in I mean I, I go for a long walk every day okay. nearly every day mm-hmm. mostly to give podcast marketing material to attractive young ladies oh, I mean I what other what better way have I got so what did you to do go and say hello the to podcast them? I just went up to them and you know oh, okay. and had a chat <laughs> right I see I mean I, you know it, it's interesting if you go up to someone and say you know do you want to tell me your life story mm. you do get quite a high take up of that yeah I mean, well maybe we should speak about how we've been approaching people on a on another episode yes yes but I, I think that Maybe, how long have we been talking, Sarah? 30, 30 minutes. 30 minutes. Maybe we should spend a bit of time talking about getting ready to go back to work. Yes. Because I think the offices will be reopening. Is that right? Yes, yes. Some and, have already. I'm so, back filming. Like, everything's so happening. You, so here, here are some tips, you know, some homespun wisdom. First of all, check you can do up your top button. <laughs> yes. If you, need a sh- if you need to wear a tie at work, which actually is increasingly not the case, is it? People don't wear no, ties. No, very rarely. Yeah, but so. even before, oh well, that's getting ready, isn't it? Make sure everything's ironed. You don't want to go and look and scruffy. No. Maybe invest in a new hairbrush and some hair products. You practice shaving. Brush your teeth. Don't forget that. Comb your hair. Comb your hair. Get the bathroom schedule just right. If you're sharing a place or living with family, you don't yep. want to be missing your train because you didn't get into the bathroom. Yep. I mean, maybe share the tea making in the morning. Right. And what about when you actually get to the office? What's different now? I mean, everyone's been away for a year. It's like my goodness. Yeah, you know how? I mean, let's just deal with office politics and office attractions. When I work, so that in the girl office, you've been fancy. Oh, you're about to say something. I'm normally the first one there because I'd be working as the receptionist. The Sorry. dental receptionist. No. No torture. But uh, I just have to make sure everything's accessible for everyone. Milk's in the fridge. Phones are on to receive and not being diverted. And that there's a nice, pleasant smile. What about the rubber plant? They're real. Oh, the rubber plant. I thought you were thinking plastic. The plants are all watered. Yeah. But anyhow, I'm that face to greet everyone as they come in to make sure the start of their day is going right. Mm, what a lovely smile you've got thanks how could anyone have a bad day after that 
Actually, I can think of lots of ways, but never mind. They're called so you, clients. Yeah. So you actually go into the office. I'm just at the front of the I office. See, yes. So then you can tell me what goes on in the office. Well, I mean, what I'm saying is if you just if you just took everyone out of their office environment mm. and, you know, like froze the, the, the scene yes. and then bring them all back, let's call it a year later, it's actually mm. probably more than a year for a lot of people. Right. Then all those issues that people have at work, yes. the, the people they fancy, the people they hate, Yes. The ones who overlooked them for career, the ones that, you know, didn't pay them for their commission because they argued about, you know. And what's happened to all those issues? Have they all, are they still all there? Oh, my God. Have they just been frozen or are they, has a year allowed everyone to kind of rub the slate clean so that when they go back to work, everyone's kind of forgiven? They've reset factory settings, you know. Hopefully um, restored all factory forgiven setting. because it's like being in a, in a home. If something goes wrong, you either buy time and let it pass or you work through it so yeah. at work you can't get the job done if you're ignoring what's going on yeah or if it's you, you think actually that's settled let's pretend it never happened and I then mean, you can move on to the next project but do you think all the all the all the relationships will settle back out as they were so the office shit will be the office shit again or do you think anyone might have had a change of personality I feel a lot of people would have had a change of personality yeah. to some extent because there's only so much people can change, isn't there? Yeah, they can't fundamentally change, but apparently you can change 30%. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Where did I hear that? There, um, If you take all people that you'll meet, right. something like 30% of them will like you naturally just, yeah. without you having to make any great effort. Okay. And 30% won't like you, mm. whatever you do. And 40% right. are going to swing one way or the other, depending on what happens. Okay. So when you meet people, you have to kind of work out, Which are way? they the first 30, mm. the last 30, or do you have to work on them, or do you even want to work on them? Are you bothered that they do or don't like you? But you know, at least there's some prospect of, of that. But what about the girl you fancied, or the guy you fancied? Oh, yes. What, what happened there? Well... I mean, let's just say you never said anything to them. Yeah, I fancied so many people in the office. The thing is with me, if After I... After a year, what would have happened, though? Do you think you'd have got over it? You get over it, don't you? You and think, oh, that was entertaining for a while, and then Particularly you... if they put on three stones as you lost all of them. Maybe they needed to put on three stones. <laughs> I mean, you know, there's that... Um, we were going to talk about nicknames one day, but there is an American football star called something The Refrigerator, isn't he? I think I know what you I think he's yeah. like a wall of flesh. You know, if you if you tackle him, you just bounce off. Right. But I mean, I think a lot of people are starting to resemble their refrigerators, <gasps> aren't they? I mean, if they put on three stone, you know, they stand side by side. It's about the right height. The refrigerator's about, you know, that height. But then maybe some have lost weight because they've not had the income that they've had. Well, you, the thing about income is you can eat badly for less money. True, actually. It doesn't yeah. mean you ate... Um, less mm. just meant you ate fatty convenience or bad food rather than you know less of it right I mean do you remember we talked about marginal utility theory yes so um, if you take something like bread uh-huh um, you'd imagine that people would eat less of it as they got richer um, I don't know that may be the case certainly in the case of potatoes but we're getting off on a, on a slightly you know, tangential subject as ever but I'm just saying that there may be this kind of shock value when everyone suddenly gets back to the office and takes mm. a look at each other yeah they haven't seen them for a long time I fancied that mm. what was I thinking it's like when you see people from school many many years ago and you're like whoa yeah and then you, you know, there's that kind of first exchange is that person going to still be horrible to me 
Mm. You know, should I be bracing myself for the for the first accusation, criticism? Yeah. Um, I mean, there are people that they're bullies. A lot of the workplace unhappiness is around bullying, and it's never really dealt with like in schools. In schools, there's a policy, isn't there? You know, you can go and report it anonymously. I don't know, whatever. But in, in the workplace, a lot of bullying isn't really dealt with. Oh. Do you know that? Have you? Yeah, ever? I've heard some stories about. You've never been anywhere long know. enough to be exposed to that, probably. But. No, no, I haven't. But uh, oh no, I have been a few places. But luckily, I've not been the victim. So or maybe, be maybe the victim long term of something. Maybe we could give people some advice because maybe they they're sort of listening to this, thinking, mm. oh, "God, I'm really not looking forward to going back to work and seeing that Daniel person right. again." Yeah. You know. Um, because he's the bully or whatever. So right. maybe we could give them some advice on how to deal with bullies. Yes. Do you want to... My advice would be just be yourself and keep a distance from the person who's not serving you. Sarah, this isn't going to help. Isn't it? No. Which is probably why I'm... <laughs> let's, give them, let's give them serious advice. Now, oh. look, here is the rule okay. of everything in life. All right? This is... This is dun, 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 dun. Another bit of our golden homespun wisdom. If something happens to you you don't like, deal with it the first time. Don't wait to see if it happens again. It will. It'll be worse the second time. Right. Because you didn't do anything the first time. Okay. So, we already said there's a water cooler in most offices. Yes. What do you think might be a good reaction to somebody being shitty towards you the first time it happens on the return to work? Push the water cooler onto them. No. I don't know. I'm going to help you, Sarah. Please do. <clears throat> You've now filled <clears throat> a little bit of water from the water cooler into a plastic cup. Now, let's proceed. What are you going to do, Sarah? Throw it on them? Yes. Throw really? It, yes, throw it on them. Oh, my gosh. <clears throat> yes, throw it on them. And what do you do next? You've done that. You've done the deed. You've chucked it on them. Now what? I've no idea. You don't stick around, that's the point. You don't wait to have a reaction. You don't wait to get, offer them an explanation. You just turn and leave. And that's it. Okay. That's all you have to do. <clears throat> I mean, you've watched enough movies to see that people, you know, deliver the message and then they always walk out the room. Have you not noticed that? Yes, I have. Yeah. So, you know, sorry, directors understand this. Actors understand this. So you need to understand this. You, the humble office worker that next time that bully that you remember from a year ago decides to do anything similar, the very first time, I want to see that. And you have to choose between the, the cold and the hot water because most of these office coolers do one or the other, don't they? That's right. What do you think? Cold or hot? Cold. Cold, yeah. Icy, icy cold. <clears throat> because, yeah. Like my heart. <laughs> I mean, for any of you interested in the law, I did look up whether throwing water on somebody could be considered a an assault. Mm. See, because you know, if you're in the rain outside, you get wet, and you know you can't you don't can't bring God down to accuse him of you know throwing water at you, can you? No, you can't. So it's a, it's a it's a moot point. If it was clean water, yeah, there was no damage, then probably it wasn't an assault. If it was hot, that might be an assault. Mm. So you know there are the there are the risks involved. <laughs> if, you, if you want to know, um, of course, what they do in prison is they boil the kettle. And then they put sugar in it to boil it because it boils at a higher temperature with sugar in it, doesn't it? I did not know it that. It boils at more than 100. Yeah, you've seen those prison films where they put the sugar in the water because it then gets up to... I haven't seen that Sugar happen. melts at 200, so you get much hotter stuff, so it burns you horribly and sticks to you. 
I honestly haven't seen sugar being put in water on a film. Look, they have two things. They either put a snooker ball in a sock so they can yeah. swing it. Yeah. Or they boil water with sugar in it because it boils hotter. Sarah, I don't know how you got to be this age without knowing these essential details of life. I like to just watch the nice airy fairy stuff and stay in a place of happiness anyway, and Anyway, we don't recommend you, you cross the line. Just a bit of cold water. It doesn't have to be too much, you know, just a... Maybe like if it was one of those typical plastic cups, maybe a third or a quarter of the cup, okay. you know, just to, just to signify your displeasure. Right. But the first time, okay. this is the most important thing. So this is your chance to come back to the office and be a Jaguar. <whistles> you know, be that person you've always wanted to be. Don't hide your light under a bushel. Mm. It's your chance to be to reinvent yourself because no one knows what you've been doing for a year. You know, for all you really may know, you've been podcasting like mad, trying to get rid of plastic packaging from the delivered food service industry, like me, or you know, maybe just stuffing your face in the fridge. I'm, well, I'll know that. Um, <laughs> so this is your chance to come back to work and be that you that you've always wanted. To stand up to the bully, and make a different impact yeah just be be that authentic person mm. be yourself be true to yourself you rarely get that chance i mean generally you go away for a week's holiday and come back looking like a lobster you know it doesn't have the same sort of impact plus everybody's been away you see that's that's also unusual yeah so the office culture has sort of been dismantled you can now recreate it in a different way so you've got a very short period of time, generally considered to be 90 days, when the culture will reassert itself. And now's your chance to change it for the better. Wow. Is that, is that homespun wisdom? I hope so. Yep. I'm sure we'll get a message if not. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I didn't really sort of figure really this water throwing thing. Yes. I mean, Jane had to restrain me once, okay? We were in New York. And she took me to a very nice restaurant called La Chute, La Cirque or something. And we were sat at this table and there was this large kind of celebratory table near us with lots of people who had been there a while and been drinking heavily and they were very loud and it was quite difficult mm. for me to enjoy my meal with all that shouting. And I called the maitre d' over and he said, well, what do you expect me to do? And I said, what I expect you to do is when you have a table like that, put them in a private room and don't expose people like me to having to listen to that. I said, if you don't move them, I will pick up this ice bucket, which we had, and I will chuck it all over them. You've got 10 seconds. Wow. Nine, <gasps> eight, and I, was, I had the bucket. Daniel. He knew, he knew this was for real. Yes. So he moved us to a fantastic table somewhere else, wow. by the way. You are scary at times. <laughs> and do you know what? There were other people, diners, just couples, hmm. who must have been thinking exactly the same, except all the girls were looking at their men folk and thinking, why can't you do something like that, you wimp? You know. Why couldn't you do behave like that guy? I mean, he gets things done. Yeah. And um, and then the the girl who apparently had been celebrating came up to me where we were now sitting after a while and said, um, "I hear you had a problem uh, with our table." I said, "Have you come here to apologise?" And she says, um, "We were celebrating." I said, "Have you come here to apologise?" I just kept saying, "Have you come here to apologise?" Oh, <laughs> she got the message. Funny enough, I went to the loo, and one of the guys. The loudmouth was in the loo at the same time, and I nearly pissed on him. Actually, mm. I nearly did that thing they do in the movies, where you just turn oh, yeah. in full flow and just piss down his leg. Oh. You know, I thought I thought you were going to take the water, <laughs> put so some it, in a cup, and so it. It, it was all about water, whether it had a bit of urine in it or not. 
Oh dear. Um, yeah. Well, how do we get onto this subject? I don't know, but shall we wrap it up? I think so. Um, okay. I hope somewhere you've extracted some homespun wisdom in between all the terrible anecdotes. And you know, this is not me normally. But no. There we are. Pathetic. The dangers and joys of returning to work. That's it. And being at home unexpectedly at home. for a year. Well, hopefully you've enjoyed another episode with Daniel and myself and Homespun Wisdom Talks with My Neighbour. We are available to be contacted on all social media, so do reach out. We'd love to hear from you. And just thank you once again. Bye for now. Bye. <laughs>